Welcome to a brand new episode of the Jam Pack Report today for August the 25th of 2020. Of course, my name is Samuel Adams and this is a daily gaming news podcast meant to bring you the hottest news you need to know from around the industry. Hosted on YouTube and podcast services around the world five days a week, it is your one-stop shop for everything you need to know. So if you enjoy the show and you like what you see, hit that subscribe button and keep coming back for more. But today, ahead of Gamescom 2020, it looks like we now know a bit more about Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. In fact, it is a direct sequel to Black Ops 1. We are one day out from the official reveal of Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, and the leaks are coming in thick and fast, just the way that I like it. As yet another data mine has revealed the official description for the title, and even a possible release date. The full description for Black Ops Cold War was posted by Codtracker and reveals the game as a direct sequel to the original Black Ops. Set in the midst of the Cold War in the 1980s, players will battle around the globe through iconic locales like East Berlin, Vietnam, Turkey, Soviet KGB headquarters, and more as part of the campaign. As elite operatives, you will follow the trail of a shadowy figure named Perseus, who is on a mission to destabilize the global balance of power and change the course of history, the description adds. Descend into the dark center of this global conspiracy alongside iconic characters Woods, Mason, and Hudson, and a new cast of operatives attempting to stop a plot decades in the making. Alongside the campaign, the description confirms that Cold War will feature both multiplayer and zombies experiences. The description was not the only Black Ops Cold War leak to have spilled today, however, as the Modern Warzone Twitter account also managed to find a potential release date of the 13th of November in the files for Call of Duty Modern Warfare. The files also hint at a multiplayer reveal for Cold War on the 9th of September. Beyond this, Modern Warzone also managed to find a number of references to potential upcoming modes for Warzone, including Zombie Royale, Pandemic slash Outbreak, it's a bit controversial, not gonna lie, not, not a big fan of that one, uh, Plunder, Fire Sale, and Armored Cargo slash Truck Wars. The data miners also found a reference to various Warzone night modes, which have apparently been added as part of Modern Warfare's mid-season update. As for the official reveal time for Black Ops Cold War, it looks like that's going ahead at 6.30pm UK time tomorrow. The Call of Duty Twitter account posted a teaser video showing Warzone's airplane, along with the time and Verdansk as the location. It definitely seems like the new game is going to be revealed through some sort of live in-game event, although we will have to find out exactly what awaits by dropping into Verdansk tomorrow evening, which to be honest, I was probably going to do anyway, the author says at Eurogamer. Now, before we dive into more of this, another follow-up story. The new Call of Duty will not offer a free next-gen upgrade, a new leaked bundle suggests. According to files uncovered from Warzone's latest update, as reported on via Modern Warzone, players will instead have to buy a special cross-gen bundle or Ultimate Edition to obtain both current and next-gen console versions of the game. No pricing details are listed within Warzone's game files, however, the versions including the next-gen game will almost certainly retail for a higher price. Another game offering a cross-gen bundle, 2K's NBA 2K21, has officially priced its next-gen version at $70 and cross-gen bundle at $99. Activision has previously remained coy on its next-gen pricing strategy, stating only that it would reveal plans soon. 
Cold War's SKU lineup seemingly confirms that Call of Duty will not support Xbox's smart delivery, as it would see the Series X version offered at no additional cost. One of Xbox's alternatives to the policy is to sell cross-gen game bundles, which is what we see here today. VGC previously reported that Xbox had encouraged companies working on cross-gen games to offer both current and next-gen versions at no additional cost, either via smart delivery or their own schemes such as EA's dual entitlement. However, developers and publishers who choose not to support smart delivery can still offer owners of current-gen games a discount on purchasing a second next-gen version of the game on the Microsoft Store, publishing sources told us, although that has not been confirmed for Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War this year. Let's go ahead and bump it back to Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War is the direct sequel to Black Ops 1. That sentence gets me very excited because I am a huge fan of the original Black Ops. When the game launched in 20. 2011, it took over every spare minute that I had. I adored the game, I adored its expansions, I adored its zombies mode. Uh, on top of that, I'm a huge fan of the Vietnam slash 1970s, 1980s music, the aesthetic, the world history. There are so many cool elements that all came together to create something that was incredibly unique in Black Ops, and that's why it has remained one of the standout sub-franchises all these years later. So, if those elements can be captured and honed in to create a Call of Duty Black Ops sequel uh, that is directly following up the events of Call of Duty Black Ops, that is going to be a fan favorite. Now, again, this is all hinging on it being done well. Uh, and uh, going into this entire season of gaming, I want to make it very clear that you should lower your expectations and you should not believe that any release date is concrete at this point. Uh, there is a reason that we haven't heard anything about the PlayStation 5, the Xbox Series X, and this year's Call of Duty until this late in the game, COVID-19 has had a huge impact across the board on development cycles, and no game should be considered uh, free from that burden until it is out on store shelves and in the hands of players. Now, with that being said, I still will get excited. I still cannot wait to see what comes out of Gamescom 2020 as we continue to get more and more information throughout the week. And you can always catch the Jam Pack Report to stay up to date on everything coming out of Gamescom itself for this year. Now, on top of that, the new Call of Duty will not offer a free next-gen upgrade. Let's talk about this. Not great. Uh, I am a huge fan of the smart delivery system or whatever kind of name you want to call it. I believe that if you buy a game on the current generation console, you should get a free upgrade to the next generation version because that's simply the right thing to do, especially during this time. Now, with that being said, there are games that are big enough that they don't have to abide by these rules. They don't have to appease gamers because it doesn't matter what they do, they're still going to be selling millions and millions and millions of copies. I've been talking about this sentiment for a couple of years now, but there are a large majority of players out there that, I can't say the majority, there are a large section of players in the world that go out and they buy two games every year. They buy NBA 2K and they buy Call of Duty. And these suffice for the entire 365 day cycle. Now you might get a Madden thrown in there, you might see a Battlefield thrown in there, a couple of variations, but overwhelmingly NBA, 2K, and Call of Duty are just unstoppable forces. 
And so if these expectations continue to rise, the games are still going to sell whether you have them bundled together or if you have a free upgrade or whatever your model might be, they're still going to sell incredibly well, especially if it is going to be a big name like Call of Duty Black Ops. That is incredibly important. Uh, and so this does not shock me and I understand why they are going this route. It is because they can get away with it. Uh, but that still doesn't make it any easier to swallow not a big fan of this. I am curious if there's going to be some kind of discount for an upgrade. Perhaps a $20 upgrade to the next-gen version seems to be uh, something that's a bit more uh, sensible, I guess, if you have to charge for a next-gen version of the game. Uh, but I certainly wouldn't expect to pay $60 for the PS4 slash Xbox One version and then have to pay an additional $60 just a couple of weeks later if you upgrade to the next-gen version of the game. In a lot of ways, this is lining up to be just like Call of Duty Ghost, where you had so many last-generation versions of that game uh, alongside just a few versions uh, on the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. So we'll see what happens. Of course, the big reveal is coming up later this week, and as soon as more information comes out, you can tune into the Jam Pack Report that evening to catch up on everything that you might have missed. Now moving on to a follow-up story from yesterday's show, Nintendo is working on a 4K-capable Switch for 2021. This is coming to us from Bloomberg. Sony and Microsoft have shown off the 4K-ready consoles they will deliver later this year with the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X, but what is Nintendo working on? According to sources cited in a report by Bloomberg, while its convertible console tops the sales charts along with hit games like Animal Crossing New Horizons, the company is planning to release an upgraded version of the console next year. The only word on what those upgrades may include is a note that it will support 4K graphics, but it may get a boost from new games. The other part of the report is that a slew of games from Nintendo itself and related outside studios could turn around this year's relatively light release schedule. A refreshed edition of the Switch with more battery life started shipping last year, while the Switch Lite ditched the original's dock and removable Joy-Cons. The console is still based around a custom NVIDIA Tagridge CPU and 4 gigs of RAM, so it will be interesting to see what might change to push those extra pixels. With the Switch and Switch Lite consoles still hard to find in stores, releasing an upgraded version right now would not make sense, but by next year, Nintendo might be right on time to catch gamers ready for a break from the ultra-realistic experiences of other consoles, as well as those who just want to do something other than pay off their loans from Tom Nook. So the question of the validity of these reports is completely and totally thrown out now. You are going to be seeing some kind of new Switch hardware, and it has been in the works for quite some time. My question here is, will we see a completely upgraded version of the Nintendo Switch, perhaps a 1080p screen on the go and a 4K dock? Uh, that could be the case. I wouldn't even be surprised to see an entirely home console uh, for the Nintendo Switch, where it is just a console that you plug into your television just like you would get on the Xbox Series X or the PlayStation 5. That could be an option, and that's not a market that this current console has tapped into directly. Again, this is all just me hypothesizing, but I did want to update that it seems 4K capability is going to be coming to Apple's, excuse me, to Nintendo's next big console. Apple doesn't have a console, uh, but I'll tell you what they do have, a lawsuit, and they don't have Fortnite. But a new update from courts have shown that Apple cannot revoke Epic Games' Unreal Engine developer tools as a judge has ruled. 
The first major court opinion in the legal battle between Apple and Fortnite developer Epic Games is literally a split decision. In an order filed late Monday, a federal judge ruled that Apple cannot terminate Epic's access to Unreal Engine development tools on Apple platforms, but declined to grant Epic's request to force Apple to allow Fortnite to return to the Apple Store. The ruling, which is effective immediately, addresses Epic's most pressing concern, the possibility that Apple would cut Epic off from Unreal Engine development on Apple's operating systems as of August 28. Epic had argued that it was a retaliatory move by Apple that would impact developers well beyond video games. Monday's court decision, which partially granted a temporary restraining order against Apple, means that Epic will be able to maintain active development of the Unreal Engine on iOS and macOS. But when Fortnite Chapter 2 Season 4 goes live on Thursday, August 27th, iOS users will not be able to play it because the game will remain unavailable on the App Store. On August 13th, the Fortnite maker updated the iOS and Android versions of the game to introduce a payment option for V-Bucks that circumvented the respective billing systems on Apple's and Google's software marketplaces. In retaliation for the willful violation of their policies, both Google and Apple removed Fortnite from their stores, which led Epic to file antitrust lawsuits against both tech companies. In addition, Apple later threatened to block Epic from being able to continue updating the Unreal Engine on Apple platforms. And of course, if you want to read more, Polygon has a very in-depth update, uh, but ultimately the saga continues. I know I keep saying that day after day, uh, but it looks like more and more layers are getting added to this cake that we've got here that is the giant Apple v. Epic lawsuit. Uh, and it seems like this is kind of what people expected. Again, Apple owns the App Store. They can have on it what they will. If they don't want Fortnite, they can kick it off. If they do want Fortnite, they can make the exceptions if they want to. But ultimately, they are trying to maintain consistency across the board. And again, it's their choice to do with their store what they will. On Epic Games' side, I totally understand where they're coming from because Apple has kind of a monopoly over the mobile space in a lot of ways, and Google is not much better. And so to be able to have a free and open market is the ultimate goal for Epic and specifically for Tim Sweeney, who of course has been a very outspoken, uh, I suppose you would say, opponent of Apple's strategies on Twitter over the course of the past few weeks. But for now, developers are safe. If you are uh, playing games on the Apple App Store that use the Unreal Engine, you don't have to fret. It seems those are going to be fine uh, because reports broke late last night that Unreal Engine uh, developers were fleeing the platform because of fear of Apple cutting ties and essentially having their games abandoned on Apple's platform without any kind of way of updating or fixing their game as it breaks. Uh, so thankfully, it looks like developers are good to go. But but it looks like the story will continue as time goes on. But moving on to another follow-up story, Halo Infinite Community Manager has reaffirmed the release for Xbox One in 2021. Fear not, as Halo Infinite will still be launching on the Xbox One in addition to PC and Series X next year. Rumors have started swirling that, in the wake of its recent delay, 343 could opt to outright cancel the Xbox One iteration of Halo Infinite. Supporting rumors have also gone on to say that the game could be outright pushed out of its new 2021 release window as well. But fortunately, it seems as though neither of these rumors will be coming to fruition. 343 Industries Community Manager John Junsick recently took to Twitter to shut down all of the talk that has been transpiring over the past couple of days. Responding to a message from professional Halo player Eric Snipedown Rona, who mentioned the possibility of Infinite being pushed back to 2022, Junsick reaffirmed that the studio is still aiming to launch next year for all previously confirmed platforms. 
There are no plans to change our 2021 release or the devices and platforms we'll be supporting, Junsik said clearly. In all honesty, it is not surprising to see Junsik shut down these rumors pretty quickly given how widespread they have become this week. I figured it would only be a matter of time until someone at Microsoft or 343 commented on this speculation publicly, and Junsik did not let me down in that regard, the author says. Uh, so, of course, I am still incredibly excited about Halo Infinite, and I'm looking forward to seeing what the final product looks like after the repairs have been made and more development time allows the game to percolate. But this is a fantastic piece of news that still worries me a bit, because although I do understand the importance of being a company of your word, for lack of a better phrase, I still feel like current generation development and current generation being the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4 has the potential to hold back a game from hitting its stride and achieving maximum visual fidelity. It comes to a point at which you have to say these consoles, the Xbox One, the PlayStation 4, They've been around since 2013. We are going into 2021. That is nearly eight years. Uh, it is almost time to go ahead and cut the cord and say, hey, it is what it is. These consoles have had their run. There have been some fantastic games that have been played, but it is time to embrace the future and push these new pieces of hardware to their max uh, without having to scale for a different uh, console line. And so... That still concerns me a bit. I do want to be, uh, you know, looking forward to Halo in a way that is that is completely uninhibited by any kind of hardware limitations. And I think that's probably what we're going to be getting. Uh, but it looks like we are going to be getting, in fact, an Xbox One version of the game to some degree in 2021. Of course, alongside the PC and Xbox Series X versions. Now, a very interesting story to wrap up today's show. Microsoft's Mysterious Initiative Studio hires Crystal Dynamics and Bungie alumni. Microsoft has tapped top talent from Bungie and Crystal Dynamics to join its mysterious Quadruple A Studio, The Initiative. Among the 16 new hires revealed on LinkedIn by studio head Daryl Gallagher, we can see that Shadow of the Tomb Raider and Marvel's Avengers director Remy Lacoste has made the jump to The Initiative to work as an experiential director. Destiny 2 narrative lead Christine Thompson has also joined the studio in lead writer position. We are yet to learn what the studio is working on, with our latest clue arriving from Xbox head Phil Spencer, who revealed the initiative is, quote, challenging themselves to do new things and old things in new ways. Whatever that means. Microsoft revealed it had founded the initiative in Santa Monica as part of its E3 2018 conference, where it announced a new slew of acquisitions. The studio is being led by Daryl Gallagher, who previously worked at Rockstar Games, Crystal Dynamics, and later Activision, overseeing the development of games like GTA 4, Tomb Raider, and Destiny 2. At the time, Spencer touted Gallagher's abilities, calling him a visionary storyteller. According to Santa Monica job listings found on the Microsoft website later that year, the studio was calling for experience in shipping high-quality titles at a quadruple-A standard and a knowledge and understanding of the process of building new IP. The studio went on to hire God of War lead producer Brian Westergaard and Christian Cantamessa, who was the lead writer on Red Dead Redemption. The quadruple-A studio then picked up Sunset Overdrive director Drew Murray, 
it looks like they're really getting a star-studded cast. I mean, you're talking about a group of people that has made some of the most memorable experiences of the last 10 years. When you see people that have worked on Red Dead Redemption, and you see people that have worked on Grand Theft Auto 4, and you see people that have worked in Crystal Dynamics uh, on games like Marvel's Avengers, which is slated to be one of the biggest releases of the year, or at least poised to be one of the biggest releases of the year, that's massive. And I am excited to see what this studio does bring to the table. But this goes back to what I've been saying for a very long time. If Xbox Series X and the Xbox brand is going to be productive and and actually worth its weight in the coming console generation, there have to be games to back up the brand. The UI looks fantastic. Xbox Game Pass looks phenomenal. All of these elements come together to create a console that has promise, but it doesn't matter how good your console is, if you don't have games that people cannot play anywhere else, you're not going to have a successful console. And so, ultimately, there have to be very, very strong first-party games, and it seems like the initiative is going to be making those in a very, very big way. So I'm looking forward to seeing what their official game reveal is going to be. Or who knows? It could be multiple. We will see in good time. But that rounds out today's episode of the Jam Pack Report. If you enjoyed this one, drop me a like down below. And of course, I will be back tomorrow with a brand new slew of the hottest gaming news. But until then, have a fantastic night. I'll talk to you soon and peace.